0: Birds are very important to people, as we discussed in our last podcast with Critterman Man, Denny Olson. We're going to talk a little more about that today, and we're also going to talk about his work with the Audubon Society, the great work that they do. Hi, and welcome to the FBCC Nature Journal, the podcast for everyone who loves nature. We are coming to you from the beautiful campus of Flathead Valley Community College, at the foot of the Swan Mountain Range of northwest Montana. I'm John Fraley, longtime instructor in wildlife conservation here at the college, and I also served 40 years with the Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. Our producer is Colin Burkhart, and thanks to Morgan Ray, the library director, for offering the library as our podcast home. Well, Denny Olson, thanks a lot for coming on again. You are welcome. Happy to be here. Now, you have an encyclopedic brain when it comes to bird sounds, and we're going to have some fun with that. Well, it's it's kind of getting full. (laughs) (laughs) I noticed that in my memory, too. It's like, you know, all full. Uh But we talked a little bit about how birds are so important to people. Last time, but you wanted to make a couple more points about that.
1: Yeah, well, I, well, we mentioned their their insect and well insect and pest control. I mean, there are ten quintillion insects in the world as we speak, and right. birds eat about forty percent of those. And now, know, wait a minute, what's a quintillion? A quintillion is nineteen zeros. <laughs> How would you come up with that? <laughs> that's that's the number. Oh that, my gosh! Uh, they estimate you know, okay. birds and between spiders and birds and bats, they pretty much. If, if it wasn't for birds and bats and spiders, we would eat, we'd be dead hmm. because they would eat the green plants down to the nub uh. and the green plants would go away and that there goes the whole ecosystem oh, you know so we'd be done so birds are critical to our survival they supplied us with music they were the first musicians economy i think i mentioned that last time yep. they contribute lots of money <laughs> they they're they're also seed dispersers I mean, they they eat seeds and yep. then they fly somewhere and then they poop and sure. that means they've been farming for
0: about 120 million years and there's one you're missing What's that? They can move fish around from one body of water to the other. That's true. They can. You and know they, those ones that fall out of their talons I that are I still know, alive. I know those bucket biologists. Ospreys <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, ospreys have populated a lot of lakes with fish. I'm sure they have. Yeah,
1: and they also they're they're also the cleanup crew. They're you know they first responders when something yeah. dies in the woods. There are magpies true. and ravens and crows and jays and and they're all they're all there. And if it wasn't for that, we'd be neck deep in carrion, which would not be pleasant.
0: <laughs> well, uh, you know so, you see like if you're hunting, you'll see. You know, Ravens circling above a gut yeah, pile. Yeah, you know? yeah.
1: I mean, I've had the jays, the gray jays, there, within. Minutes yeah. of downing an elk or something uh, like uh, that. Uh-huh. So, and they're also the most important thing about birds is that they're indicator species. They sit at the top of every food chain uh, that they have, and and if something goes wrong inside that food chain, say, say say the loons don't reproduce very well on a lake, you know something's wrong with the lake. Yeah. And so they're indicator species. They can tell us what's. They can be the first first warning system for for that sort of thing. And they and they also are the the cleanup crew, free shipping, they supply us with music. I mean, they're they're, they're everywhere. There's yeah. 18,000 species maybe in the world. 18,000. 400 billion birds, and they're everywhere. Wow. And, uh, and we don't notice them much. We, we walk through the woods, and there may be 50 birds singing, mm-hmm. and we it's white noise to us. We don't think about it. Did and, you ever
0: watch the movie The Birds by Alfred Hitchcock? <laughs> I did, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> Where they come and just yeah. take yeah. over? Yeah. And, and also, think- in
1: some cases, I don't blame people for being scared of them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So let's, just for fun, let's uh, do a couple of uh, bird mimicry and see if I can figure out what it is. Keep them simple.
1: Keep keep them simple. simple. Okay. How about this one? This is pretty simple. That's not the robin, is it? Yes, it is the robin. I can't believe it. (laughs) Okay. How about another? But, But the similar one, which would have a little pause between, would be...
0: Is it related to the robin? Not really. You got me on that one. That's
1: the red-eyed vireo which nests down on the cottonwood bottoms. Uh, all right. Like in Owensauerwine, we uh, yeah. down below callous
0: How about a common backcountry bird?
1: Backcountry yeah. bird, um let's see. A lot uh, of them
0: are pretty ubiquitous and where they Yeah, live,
1: right? yeah. Well, one of the backcountry birds that you'll hear a lot is Rough Grouse. Should I tell you a story oh. about Rough Grouse? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I can't really do this they don't do a, a, a call to speak of, except when they're when they're when they're kind of suspicious, they'll go. But yeah. that's about it. Right. But they drum. The males will right. sit on top of a log or a rock and they will compress air against their chest and doop, 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 doop So give doop, us the drum. Doop, 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 really, right. really fast. And I... Uh, was out in the woods with a bunch of fifth graders one time, and we were walking on a trail, thick woods, and and they were right behind me, and and I heard this grouse drumming back in the brush about maybe 150 feet away, but we couldn't see it. And I said, you know, I've tried to sneak up on these guys, tried to hide them in a blind. They're so wary when they're on a log. So I said, time to get radical. I had my 300 millimeter lens with me, and time to get radical. So I, I drummed back on my chest to the grouse, and he drummed back to me. Oh. And the kids looked at me and I looked at them. So I walked toward the grouse, didn't even try to hide. Drummed again, he drummed. Walked toward him, I drummed, he drummed. Soon I was 10 feet away, whoa. snapping pictures of this grouse drumming on a log. So fifth graders behind me with their mouths hanging open going, whoa. <laughs> wondering, wondering why they came in the woods with this That's guy. why you're Critter Man, right? <laughs> you know? Anyway, we drummed back and forth. Those kids were so entertained. We drummed back and forth. We had I had them drum too and it worked. Uh, because the grouse was so wired and wound up by then. And, and in that hour uh, that we were there, I caught, between him and myself, we called in eight females.
0: Whoa. Hey, you're getting pretty good and at that. Honestly, I don't know if it was him or me. So. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> but, you know, I was at we were, my wife and I were in Glacier a few days ago and we were listening to the Grouse Drum and with my hearing getting a little bit less mm-hmm. I had a hard time hearing that low frequency. And then when I finally hear it then I got it. You know? Yeah the
1: low frequency is cool because it, it, it the the big wavelength, the wide wavelength of low frequencies will wind around and through thick brush. Mm-hmm. Elephants do that subsonically out in the savannas okay. of Africa and that's why the, the sound that low sound penetrates through the woods farther, and they can call in more females. Or I could too, I guess. <laughs>
0: sure. How about one more?
1: Um, how about another robinish kind of thing, which is our big eye candy bird? That's a hint in Montana, and it, it does a buzzy robin. Gosh,
0: ah, it's familiar, but I don't know. It's oh, I a should know that. Is Western
1: that... tanager. Tanager. With a yeah. red
0: head and a yellow body. Yeah. Beautiful yeah. bird. Hey, can you do the red wing blackbird? Oh, sure. <whistles> wow, I yeah. love that one. And they call <laughs> it. Sounds like a at a lake.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. They, and, you know, interestingly enough, when they are there, they arrive early, females, and they carve out their territories in the marsh, and the females come later. And when the females answer, they're. <whistles> they go. <whistles> like that. As as, the, as they move closer, because they're interested in the nesting spot, they're not interested in the guy. Guys, it's about the house. It's not about you, right? <laughs> and so, so what happens is they, they move closer and closer and closer, and they shorten the time between the two songs until they overlap. <laughs> and once they overlap, they're a married couple, at least, oh, at least, oh for, my that, at least for that summer. That's crazy. summer yeah.
0: um, you know, you you had mentioned something in an article I read about the... Uh, Hummingbird mm-hmm. and its brain size—that it really surprised me. It may, you know, that maybe the word "bird brain" is not really accurate.
1: I know there's there there's a lot of very very smart birds. Not me. They're they're smart in lots of ways that we're not. They have the if, if, our cerebrum are really big for doing for problems. But birds can. They are the size of the brain compared to the body. The brain of a of a blue whale is. Thirty pounds or something like oh. that and ours is our brain size compared to our body is about 148th mm-hmm. of our body uh, weight with a with a hummingbird it's 114th wow and so most of those birds like mm-hmm. the little uh, red-eyed or not the red-eyed but the, the go- golden crowned kinglet little tiny bird weighs less than a half an ounce and, and oh, in all winters here has a really tough time getting enough food sometimes three times their body weight and food every day mm-hmm. but they've done some thermoregulation calculations and 65% of their warmth goes to their brain for thinking and foraging. Wow, that's so, amazing. So I wish I'd, I could route that much to my brain.
0: <laughs> How about one more and make it quick, and then we're going to get into the Audubon in the last few minutes we have.
1: Okay, um, well, let's see, what would we do? We've got another one, since I showed you the red-eyed vireo, there's a Cassin's vireo that starts later in the day and is more in the, in the spruce fir forests. Mm. And it does the same thing with the short calls "I am how are you? I am fine," but much, much wider space just like and it's buzzier hmm.
0: Hmm.
1: like that so be darned. It keeps on so it's much wider so the pacing of the similar sounding sound calls can and songs can can make a difference.
0: And you know the last show you did the Swainsons. Thrush, which is my favorite bird sound and when I hear the Swainson's Thrush, I think of the Bob Marshall because Mm -hmm. when you go in the Bob Marshall They're just everywhere. I mean, I know there are other places, too But you just that's part of the music of the the wilderness. It
1: really it really is They're probably the most common song that we will hear in the mountains and foothills around here
0: Um, So anyway, we have a few minutes left. Tell us about your work with the Audubon
1: Well, I'm the conservation educator, which basically means I can kind of do education stuff as much as I would like from taking kids in the woods and you know, calling calling gross to uh, to doing seventh grade, we do we do a seventh grade program. Our whole purpose really is is to teach about birds, the importance of birds, teach maybe interest people in bird watching, but not necessarily they don't have to. But we want to we want kids to understand that we live in a very spectacular place because in the spring we've got waterfall like by the thousands, yeah. geese, geese, yeah. ducks, and swans of every conceivable kind. In the in the winter we've got all these raptors that come down from the north, and in the fall. We've We've got, well, hundreds of, of, of uh, sandhill cranes that'll show up in the West yeah, those Ponds. Are, Well Give us a sandhill crane. Those
0: are... Oh, <laughs> I love
1: it. I, that's really loud, though, because yeah, they've, yeah. they've got a six-foot tracheus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they those what we do is we have field trips. We start with the field trip, and we work backward and made a kit that goes into the classroom before that, and then I do a presentation at the beginning of the process. Then they have the kit, and then at the end of the week, we do a field trip to fall for sandhill cranes, winter for spotting raptors out in West mm-hmm. Valley and Lower mm-hmm. Valley, spring, early spring waterfowl, and late spring uh, breeding birds in the superhighway that we call the Flathead River system. So uh, That's a migration superhighway. So how
0: much longer are you going to be with the automobile? I mean, you've, you've had an incredible career, and you keep going and going and going. How yeah, much longer? well, I'm
1: still alive.
0: <laughs> that's for sure. I I, I have no intention of I, I I love the work. I just love it.
1: And you know, as we as our state of decay gets more advanced, <laughs> um, <laughs> sometimes sometimes doing stuff like you're doing here is is yeah. pretty valuable
0: for maintaining for living longer and having more fun. So one There's l- more fun to have. One <laughs> both of us have been attacked by grouse too. That's yes, we grouse. have. Yeah. So just coming out of the show there now, one thing that's always bugged me is like on movies they. They have an eagle, and they have the eagle, so, you know, and it's never the real eagle. <laughs> they, so, you'll hear the eagle go, yeah, whatever. Which is a, which so is a red-tailed it. hawk. Clear that up for us. Yeah. it's a red-tailed hawk.
1: Yeah, it's a red-tailed hawk, and the, and the eagle doesn't have a, a powerful enough sound for the for the people in Hollywood, you know. Okay. So it, the eagle says,
0: Oh yes, okay, for certain. Here's that. Yeah.
1: Kind of a chirpy thing. It doesn't sound like a majestic eagle, you know. It's got to have some kind of scream. Yeah. So <laughs> that's well, why they do it.
0: Well, Denny, I hope you go on forever because I've never seen any anyone with such a internalized, just incredible. Information about a, a group of animals that you have and being able to just pop out those those yeah. imitations. So, thanks a lot for coming on the show. And, you are uh, welcome. What's your final word of wisdom? Well, when you have
1: multiple personality disorder and your Critter <laughs> Man and Professor Guano and Dr. Death and Lost Voyager and the Mad Herbalist, make lemonade.
0: <laughs> That's a very weird. good point. That's all the time we have for this episode of the FPCC Nature Journal. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fraley and I'll see you next time.